Welcome to Shofar Cape Town South Sermon Podcast. We trust that today's message will edify and strengthen your faith. See now Kenny and Johan, who are two of our elders. Etienne, who prayed for them, one of our deacons. Kathleen, another one of our deacons. Is Kathleen inside? No. And um, where's Kathleen? Oh, just so everyone can see. Kathleen. And um, Kunrat, our financial board. I think he's in the... With the oh, there's Kunrat, okay. Hand up high, you can see. <laughs> um, and Matthew and Jamie, our student pastors. I think they're in the hallway. <laughs> um, and Armand and Miranda and staff with us. So just so that you guys also know who are the faces, that those of you who are visiting, if you have a question afterwards, those are the people to ask um, if you want to know something specific about the church. But let's close our eyes. And as we were worshiping this morning, God reminded me of myself 15 years ago. I was in a service like this, and it was the first time that I was in this kind of service. I've been a Christian before in my life. At that stage, I, wasn't a, I haven't been a Christian for quite a few years. And I walked into a service, and I found it strange, and it was different than what I was used to. And I was not necessarily comfortable, but I did sense something that I've never sensed before. And I know now that it was the presence of God. And I just sensed this morning, there's some of you here who have sensed something that you've not necessarily sensed before. And it might make you uncomfortable, um, but you can't deny that it's there. And something in you wants a little bit more of that. So while every eye is closed, I want to pray for you. So if you just open your eyes and look at me, then I'm going to know it's you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. I'm going to pray for you. Cool. Thank you, Lord, for those people this morning who are responding, not to me, but to you. And thank you, Jesus, for your presence. We love you. We love coming into your house. We love that we get to meet you here. We love that you were here before we came. We love this privilege, Lord, of coming into your presence. Thank you that you are not a philosophy or an idea or a doctrine primarily, but you are a person. You are God. You're real, and thank you that we can have relationship with you. And I pray for each person who responded now. Thank you, God, that you are just always waiting for an invitation. That the moment the invitation is there, you respond, Lord. And that you respond to each heart in the way that you want to respond to them, in the way that's right for them. Thank you for that this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. So my sermon should be just about an hour or two. (laughs) Kidding. Um, I'm not going to share long this morning, and I'm not going to cover and explain everything. I just want to share a little bit with you this morning also about who we are as a body. And um, yeah, then we're also going to get a little bit practical. So for everything I say, there's a lot more explanation that I can give. There's a lot more scriptures. But feel free to ask someone afterwards, ask your friend that you came with, or ask one of the leaders um, so that I don't go on for two hours. So I have a question for you about the way you grew up. So who of you grew up, think about maybe primary school, that you, at some point you realized there was no Santa Claus and there was no like Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and whatever? Because <laughs> someone's just getting it now. Um, it's going to have some trauma there. Um, and you realize that the only things that are real in the world are things that you can see. So some people, this is your worldview, probably that your parents gave you, that you grew up with. Who, who fits that description? Somewhere kind of by primary school, you realize that what's real is what can be seen. So if someone should say to you, there's a ghost, you'd say, no, 
like ghosts don't exist. Get your hands again, let me see. Okay. Then there are people who grew up actually encountering things that's not explicable. So you did see actual ghosts or forces that you could not explain. Maybe you saw magic or witchcraft. Maybe you grew up in a church where you actually saw the Holy Spirit or the supernatural. And kind of by primary school, um, you realize that life is not everything that you can see. There's other things you might not understand it, but there are other things going on. Who fits that description? Okay. So see, all of us come from a different place. Okay, I fit into the first description. But even though I did, I really wanted it not to be true. I really wanted to see something cool, you know, and experience something cool. I also went through that primary school phase where you do like little chants and things to try and see if you can make something supernatural happen. The time we, when we were in, in primary school, there was a lot of movies like that, um, which in retrospect was not that great <laughs> to pursue. But all of us grew up differently, and even in the world and in different countries, people grow up differently, and people have different worldviews and beliefs. A lot in the Western world, the last couple of many years, there's a lot of realism. People believe in what they can see. And they'll tell you, you know, like, there is nothing else. What you see is what is, that's what's life. There's nothing supernatural. Um, a lot in the East and even in Africa, very much the other side. No, there's a lot of things that are supernatural that you can't explain, and we really believe in it. And um, all of us kind of find our way through it, and I found even in the last 10 years, even in South Africa, how much it's changed. Um, people having been exposed to more alternative healing, alternative influences, and a lot more people are believing in the supernatural, actually. And um, one of the things that we believe as a church is that we believe in the supernatural. And there's a lot of supernatural going on everywhere, and um, we believe in it. <laughs> um, but somewhere you have to start understanding it. Okay, so there is a thing like electricity, I'm sure we'd all agree on that. And there is electricity whether my kids believe it or not. Okay, it exists. And whether um, they believe it or not, if they put their fingers in the plug, they will shock. Okay, because it is there. The, the problem is not whether it's there or not. The problem is whether my kids understand how it works. So electricity is a good thing, and it's good that I have plugs in my house. It really makes a lot of things possible, and when the power's out, then I really understand how many things it makes possible. Um, so I'm so grateful to have electricity, and I'm so grateful that it works. But regardless, if my kids use it the wrong way, it could be devastating to them, and they could actually die. Um, so the problem is not with the electricity. The problem is with understanding what it is and how it should actually be used. And that's why I'm a parent, and I teach my kids. <laughs> and sometimes it takes years of repetition, but... <laughs> Eventually, we get there. <laughs> so I'm going to read the Lord's Prayer to you. You can have that up for us, Jason. Okay. Matthew 6. This is how you should pray, okay? They asked Jesus, how should we pray? And Jesus said to them, this is how. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So I want to highlight on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said that we should pray that his kingdom would be on earth as in heaven. 
Okay, so you can also, the Bible also describes what is heaven like. So we believe in the supernatural. Personally, I love the supernatural. Um, it's one of the things that really brought me to Christ. That first morning when I was in a church where I sensed the presence of God, it's the presence of God that led me to salvation. For me, it was encountering something that's more than just what I can see in this world. And some people are not convinced by that. Some people want to have a good reasoning for the gospel. And next week, my husband will present a good reasoning for the gospel. So if you'd like that, then come next week. <laughs> it's not what I'm presenting this morning, but it does exist. But for me, that was the turning point when I experienced the supernatural. And the Lord said we should pray, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, so just as we have to understand electricity, we have to understand the supernatural. And what do we use to understand it? What's the baseline? How do we understand when is it dangerous? When is it safe? When is it good? What was it made for? How does it work? How do I engage it? And this is the standard for everything we believe as a church, the Bible. This is the word of God that he gave us. And everything that we need is in here to understand what we need to understand. And we really believe in, in loving and reading the Bible. And if you read the Bible, it will also give you a really good description of heaven. So if you say, let's trust for the kingdom of God to be on earth as it is in heaven, we need to say, what is it like in heaven? Because that, how do we know what we're aiming for down here? So in heaven, who knows what's it's, what it's like in heaven? No weeping, it's nice. <laughs> Maybe an understatement. <laughs> what else? No darkness, you're no night. Constant worship. There's a lot of descriptions in the Bible about heaven. There's no pain. There's no suffering, there's no weeping, there's no sickness, there's no night even. God is there. Everyone sees God. Everyone is connected to God. Everyone has relationship with God. There's constant worship because people see God. Um, nice being an understatement. It's probably seriously amazing beyond what we can think or dream or imagine. And um, so Jesus says, pray, let his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So in heaven there's no sickness. So Jesus wants us to actually trust him that there would be no sickness on earth. Okay, right at this very moment, is there sickness on earth? Yes. Okay, is anyone here, do you have, is there anyone who's got a kind of sickness or pain or discomfort? Lots of people. Okay, so in any room, we can conclusively say that there's still sickness on earth. Um, in heaven, there's no pain. Now, because Jesus says, pray that my kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven, we we trust in God that there would be no sickness, and we believe in healing. So when someone is sick, we pray for them, and we trust that God heals people, and we see it. Do we see it every single time? No. Do we know why we don't see it every single time? No. And there's this big um, challenge for people, because here's heaven. Okay, no one's sick. Here's earth, and people are sick. Jesus says, let my kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So we're trusting that here where we are on earth, also that people would be healed, that they won't get sick. And people get healed, and like Rainer said, we see amazing miracles. So we, we literally see heaven happening on earth as people get healed from all kinds of sickness, sometimes incurable things. I've personally seen Rainer pray for someone who didn't have a knuckle. He lost it in a bar fight, I think. And um, we, were, we were ministering at a trance party, so it's not your church kind of crowd. And... Um, Rainer prayed for him, and in front of our eyes, the knuckle grew back. So, I mean, I've seen the impossible, 
and it's heaven happening on earth. But I've also prayed for people, and we've prayed for people, and we've trusted for miracles that didn't happen. And then there's this challenge. And people respond in one of two ways. One way is saying, okay, if it doesn't happen every time, it's not real. Okay, because I can't control it. I need to be able to understand it, and I need to be able to control it. Sometimes people say, I need to be able to understand it, so let's give a reason why it didn't happen. Okay, let's say, no, actually healing doesn't happen today anymore. Then I can really control it. Because if I never expect it, it will probably never happen, and then it, like, I can completely explain it. Okay, or people say, no, it does sometimes happen, sometimes it doesn't. Let's give a reason for when it doesn't happen. Okay, so let's say that person didn't have faith. Okay, who's heard that before? Or um, let's say the one praying didn't have faith. Let's say they sin. Or let's say, I don't know, whatever other kind of reason. They didn't pray the right way. They didn't pray long enough. They didn't pray short enough. They didn't pray in the right kind of tongue or something. They didn't use oil. Um, so... What our hearts want to do is they want to explain it. We want to say we believe that Jesus heals. We believe heaven can be on earth. Now, I really trusted for it that it didn't happen. I want to explain it. If I can't explain it, I'm not comfortable with it. Because I'm not comfortable with something that I can't explain and something that I can't control. I want to understand how it works so I can make sure it happens every time. Do you know what that is? <laughs> control. So, there's this amazing mystery. And... Um, there's this tension. And God is not a man. And I think this, is, this was such a big shift for me in my mind. If I insist on understanding everything, if I insist on controlling everything, I insist on being like God. I'm saying God needs to be like me. God is actually not like us. God is God and we are not. It's a very simple statement, but it's actually quite true and it has a lot of application. Can I accept that I am not God? Can I have that humility to say that I'm a human and God is God? Another thing that the Bible is so explicit about is that God is good. And I love that we sang that, Jason. Um, and that's really something we believe as a church. God is good. He's always, always good. Without exception. It's part of who he is. He is good. And it's so important to know God for who he is. You can only ever truly know yourself when you know God. And we always grow in understanding God, and we mostly grow in understanding Him through His Word and through a Christian community and, and fellowship. God is good, but I'm not God. So can I accept that something would happen that I can't control and I can't explain? But can I not try and make it now like God's not good? Someone didn't get healed? Can I accept not to explain it, not to put the blame somewhere, not to say God doesn't heal and not to say God is not good, but to understand the bottom line is the conclusion is I'm not God. He is good and he's able and I believe in it and I will pursue it even though I don't always see it. And by the grace of God, how these things work, you see it more and more because you learn and you grow in skill and you grow in faith actually to trust God for it. This is the benchmark that we have to learn from about the supernatural. Um, but it's very much there. And I want to read from 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4. 1 Corinthians 2. 
my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. So the Bible is so clear that in presenting Christ, it's not about wise and persuasive words. And there's a place for using your brain. There's, it's, it's legitimate to think God gave your brain. You should think. You should reason things out. You're welcome to question things. It's healthy to question things and find the answers. But the, the power is what must be demonstrated so that your faith is not in human wisdom but in God's power. At the end of the day, do we believe something because we heard a good explanation of it? Because we experienced it. This is what it was like for me 15 years ago. I experienced the presence of God. And that's before that in my life, I became a Christian backslidden, became a Christian backslidden, became a Christian backslidden, delved into Hinduism, delved into Buddhism, delved into atheism, became a Christian backslidden, you know. Um, and that was the defining point for me when I encountered the presence of God because it's undeniable. No one told me, well, people told me about it, but it's not people telling me about it that made a difference. It was me, myself, being there and experiencing it that changed everything around for me. God says we need to demonstrate the power of the Spirit. God's always a gentleman. And when we operate in the, in the supernatural, I can't explain everything, but I want to explain some things. God is good. He's a gentleman. He'll never override your will, never do something that you don't give him permission to do. The purpose of the supernatural is always love. The Bible says we are all called to love. So if anything happens and it's not loving, it's not God. If something supernatural happens to you, don't experience love, it's not God. God meant for everything to happen through love. Love is more important than the supernatural. If it's not coming through love, it's not the right way that God made it. The foundation for the supernatural is relationship. We don't do magic. <laughs> My son, um, he's so cute, he's five. He, he led us in communion the other night. They learned about it at kids' church. So he came from the kitchen with provitas, and he was looking for juice we didn't have. He asked Raina if we could use hot chocolate. So Raina said no. <laughs> Raina said no. She'd rather use water. <laughs> Let's just get the intention sorted out, yeah? <laughs> but then we had provitas and water. And he did a communion. He led us in communion. We were completely flawed that he understood this. And then when we were finished, he said, okay, now for it to really work, let's do it again. <laughs> and he has on occasion said that to me when we pray. He'll say, but mommy, you have to say it six times in a row. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure he gets that from TV or something. But that's like magic, okay? <laughs> we don't do magic or chanting or anything like that. Um, and I'm, I'm, he will grow in it. He's just five. But um, when we move in the supernatural, it's based on our relationship with God. It's not formulas. It's not methods. It's a relationship. I love trusting the Lord to speak to people. And, you know, the scripture said that I mustn't come this morning with wise words, but a demonstration of the Spirit. So just now we will demonstrate. Um, but when God speaks to me about a person, it's relational. I ask God what he thinks about someone. And he speaks to me what he thinks about them. And it's not, there's no formula. It's not a button I can push. Um, it's, it, sometimes he doesn't say something and then he doesn't. Um, it's my responsibility not to change what he says. 
um, but just to say what he says. He always comes to love. That's how I know when I'm getting it wrong. Um, I can always check it against that, but it's always relational. So this morning, myself and Matthew have trusted the Lord to speak to some of you, and we're going to share that. And um, before I do that, I want to just explain from the Bible why God chooses to speak to people, and and is this even in the Bible um, that God would do that? Um, Megan, can you maybe just check where's Matthew? Oh, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Matthew. So I'm going to read three scriptures. Psalm 139, verse 17 to 18. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Okay, so at this second, how many thoughts does God have about me? More than the grains of sand. You know, when you tell your kids you love them at night, you always go through this. I love you to the moon and back. I love you to the sun and back. No, I love you to the stars and back. And then the clinch is always, I love you like the grains of sand at the sea. You know, even my kids are like, wow, that's a lot. (laughs) God's thoughts about you outnumber the grains of sand. So how thoughts many about thoughts you are God thinking the about grains Jason of right sand? Now? So how many more thoughts than the are God thinking sand? about Jason right okay. now? Nice thoughts. More than the grains of sand. Okay. <laughs> nice thoughts. <laughs> nice. You know, how many thoughts is God thinking about Kathy right now? Because okay, so at any given moment, for any person, it doesn't say the people who know God, the people who are the children of God. It says everyone. Every single one of you in here at this very moment, God is thinking thoughts about you that are more than the grains of sand. Now, you need to know what God is like to know what kind of thoughts he's thinking. I don't know if some of you are getting worried. (laughs) What are all those thoughts that God is thinking about you? (laughs) Okay, so Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Okay, so God is good. And God loves you. And God's mandate is love. His mandate is not shame or condemnation. God comes with love. So the thoughts that God has about you are good thoughts. So every one of you in this building, at this very moment, God is having a whole lot of good thoughts about you, more than the grains of sand. Okay? Now, when I trust God to show me what he's thinking about one of you, It's like God is already thinking more thoughts that I could tell you right now and more than I can hear right now because we don't have like, you know, a week to sit per person. But I'll trust God to show me some of the things that he's thinking about you right now and share that with you. And we know what God is like. We know that he's thinking a lot of things about us. And then 1 Corinthians 13 For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what was in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. So also when I share something with you that I feel the Lord is saying, the scripture says, I prophesy in part. So obviously, I, I will never grow in my gifting to the point where I can perfectly hear exactly everything that God is saying about you. Also because the things he's thinking about you is more than the grains of sand. 
So always to know that when someone shares something, it's in part. God wants to speak to each one of us this morning himself. The, the better, the most amazing way to hear God is when he speaks to you himself. And he wants to speak to each one of you himself. I mean, not through me, himself. And each one of us are growing in our ability to hear God. Sometimes some of us are at a place where we don't yet know how to hear him. And that's where he will sometimes use someone else to tell you what he's thinking. And that's also part of your journey to learn to hear him. But you never have to accept something that someone says to you that they feel the Lord says if you don't want to. You are in control of your own life. You can accept that it's not perfect. You can accept that sometimes there's a mistake in there. Um, And you can trust the Lord to show you which part of it is for you. But it comes like a gift, and it's never forced. And you never have to receive something that you don't want to receive. Does that make sense? So I want to give, actually, opportunity if there's someone who wanted to ask a question on this topic. (laughs) Not on anything. (laughs) Is there anyone who has a question? There's no such thing as a stupid question. A stupid question is the one you don't ask. Is there anyone? Emily. Okay, so also I'll try not to be an hour about it. <laughs> I think, and that's what I, what I prayed for us when I started this morning. I think the number one thing, if you want to hear God's voice, is tell him that you want to. And then you just start listening. Okay, well, sometimes when you pray, listening is more valuable than speaking. You know, can you take five minutes, close your eyes, and say, Lord, speak to me. And you just hear what comes, and don't write it off as your own thoughts necessarily. For me, it helps to write down what I hear, even if it seems like my own thoughts or pictures that I see. And as time progresses, it's, some, it's a skill you have to master. So those of you who are married, you know, when you get married, um, you know that you work on your communication. Okay, or did you just get married and you understood each other perfectly every single time? Okay, all the married people are laughing. <laughs> okay, a relationship takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of growth. Don't expect it to be different, to fall in your lap. Work at it, enjoy it, pursue it, and see it grow. Start little by little, take risk. You have to take risk. Um, nothing risked, nothing gained. Um, but Trust the process and enjoy it. It's such an enjoyable process. So rewarding. So worth it. Is there anyone else? Mm. For yourself or for someone else? Both. So sometimes you hear God, you get it wrong. This is why it's important to love. Okay, so if I speak to Louis and I want to tell him something that I feel God is saying to him, if in any way it's not loving... The protocol is that I don't even share it because that's not what God does. He doesn't use people to condemn other people. Okay, there's enough condemnation in the world. The enemy accuses us. Sometimes the Holy Spirit comes to convict us. That, convict us. That's a good thing, but I'm not the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. Um, so when I speak something to Louis, I will, tr- I will check it whether it's in love. If it's in love and it's wrong... It normally doesn't matter because it would not have been something negative. And I've done this. I've said some things that were not right, um, especially as you, as you start growing.
growing in this, you, that happens. Um, and I found that people were not offended. Um, and I found, God says, Romans 8, he makes all things work to the good for those who love him. Sometimes I found God would use what I say and speak to the person what he wanted to speak to them like they misunderstand me. But in their misunderstanding me, they hear what God actually wanted to say. I prayed for a girl in Thailand, and I said to her, God keeps showing me this picture of ships that come and give her messages. She burst out crying. She said she was an au pair in this Thailand girl. She was an au pair in Australia. And as she was running to work, she jogged every day. She was going past all these ships. And then it was like they were giving her messages. And I'm trying to figure out, because she was in the countryside, and I'm like, how was there a lot of ships? And she meant sheep. <laughs> and it took me like an hour to figure out she was saying sheeps. And I'm thinking ships and she's thinking sheep. And in the language we just... And it's only when I... And, and she's told me what God has said to her through it and how I confirmed it. And we prayed together and I walked away. And as I walked away, I realized sheep. She's talking about sheep. <laughs> But the vision I saw was ships. But God spoke to her about sheep. And it really confirmed it to her. And I thought, should I go back? And I thought, no, it's fine. It's like, okay. Um, okay. But I want to share this morning as we were worshiping, I was just standing at the back and asking God um, just to show me some things um, that I believe he says about you. So Matthew, you can come and join me. <laughs> 